Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Jenna from Name Free Songs, and today we are getting candid with Casey Bear. She's toured with Jesse McCartney, We Three, Tokyo Hotel. She had a recent single called Number One that came out earlier this October, and... She's dropping her sophomore EP, Conversations with My Therapist, coming up in December. Today, we're getting candid with Casey about how her struggles with anxiety as a teenager turned her into a mental health advocate, her desire to be a singer since she was a toddler, and the expectations put on pop stars to fit in a box. Hi, Casey. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. You have like a lot of very exciting stuff happening right now, so I'm very interested to hear what's been going on in your life because you just had a billboard in like Times Square for your new single number one. What was this feeling like for you? Honestly, I still am like tripping over it. On cloud nine? New York has, honestly, New York has always been like my favorite place and like somewhere I've gone since I was a little kid and like I'd always dreamt about like walking into Times Square and just seeing my face everywhere. <laughs> and now it's literally happening. Well, that actually that happened was it's like really kind of like a mind game. I'm like, is this a dream? Yeah. And like still, like, I'm back home in LA now and I'm still like, I still don't feel like that was real. I just, I went to Times Square and it was with one of my childhood best friends. She came with me and it was just the most surreal moment. I'm like, wait, like it was really a pinch me moment yeah. Yeah. like you always see like, oh on tv people are like pinch me is it real but like you have that sensation for a second you're like no that's that is real i know <laughs> i'm like honestly just thinking I about it like about i have chills for you like that is so cool <laughs> yeah it was really such a special moment and also like with that song that song has really been a journey i actually wrote number one a year ago right after I got my first tour it's really been such a journey with that song and I'd always felt like there was such a special place in my heart for that song and I'd always wanted to release it it just you know the time didn't add up last year when I had written it and for it to be a whole year later and that's the song that got the billboard in Times Square just really made it feel even more special like it really showcases like everything has such a journey and especially like trying to pursue such a crazy career and you know the music business where there's just so many amazing talented people that are also in this career it really shows like that special that like it was a song that had a journey as well mm-hmm. yeah like jenna said already like there have been so many milestones that you've hit over the past like literally just two years from like you did your first tour with jesse mccartney who was like a heartthrob for like <laughs> my era i literally like used to make my own jesse mccartney posters so when i saw that i was like this is amazing (laughs) i was like this is so cool i'm gonna i'm gonna embarrass myself and i did the first so when i met jesse i embarrassed myself immediately too so i was just about to be four i believe when beautiful soul came Mm -hmm. out (laughs) and i listened to that song every night to fall asleep like genuinely like that's not even just something i'm saying like I listened to that song to fall asleep and like I loved him and the first time we met I did not intend on being like oh I grew up loving you or anything like just like friends 
literally the third thing that came out of my mouth was like, I listen to you every night to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Casey, what is wrong with you? Like, we discussed this. Don't do that. <laughs> but it ended up working out. And like, he found it really endearing and like loved it. So it worked out. But I was just like, God, really? You, you couldn't have made it into like three sentences. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. When I was in like ninth or 10th grade, there was like a Radio Disney contest to like win like bowling with Jesse McCartney and I kept calling and I got in and I freaked out and I like threw my phone and this is like back when like your battery will fall out of your phone if you throw it so I just oh no <laughs> I just didn't so I just like fully like lost it oh, and, we, and we were like here on the radio being like uh guess <laughs> guess that was too much <laughs> I was like no Oh my god, you fully disqualified yourself. Well, I did go bowling with Jesse. Oh my god. 15-year-old me it would have amazing. lost wow. my mind. He's an excellent bowler, <laughs> let me just say that. He beat everybody on the entire tour. This is these are the details we always needed, you know? <laughs> we we did a lot of fun games. Honestly, that tour was really a dream come true. Performing has always been my thing, especially I mean, I've been, I've wanted to be a singer since I was three years old. Like I vividly remember the moment, like I made my mind up. It was like actually one of my very first memories. I was at the Hilary Duff concert in LA at the House of Blues, which is no longer here. I'm sitting and watching her hysterically crying because I'm not on stage. <laughs> like, like they, they see this little girl just like screaming, having a tantrum because she wants to be on stage with her. Oh my God. And that was the moment I was like, okay, so I'll be doing that. Like I, and I promised that little girl, that's what I was going to do. And I did. Okay, so I love when people have stories like this when they're like, I knew from the day I came out of the womb, I knew what I was going to be doing. Because <laughs> it's crazy. Me. It's crazy. But it's like, it's so amazing to have something like this dream that like you're working towards and you just like fully believe like, no, this is what I'm doing. So what has this journey been like for you in the past five, 10 years, you know, as you became a teenager? Like, what was this experience like for you to get to this point? So music has really always been my everything. And I... So let's uh, let's do like 10 years. So I was 13 10 years ago, mm. which was a very dark time for me. <laughs> I uh, I grew up with very bad anxiety and especially it was right when I had actually it was right around this time 10 years ago, to be honest, when I developed really extreme anxiety and it was it was like, "Oh my god, like I'm so different than everybody. I'm so weird." Nobody feels like I do. And I grew up in LA, so it was very much so like everything is so perfect, all sunshine and rainbows right. and happiness. And I was like, I'm different. Like, why Why am I sad? Like, why can't I get up out of my bed and go to school? Mm -hmm. And it was really, really difficult for me. And I remember the only thing that truly brought me happiness, especially during those times, was music. And I remember there was a little period of time where I was just like, I'm so sad. Like, I don't even want to sing. And it just made everything so much worse. And it was really so debilitating. And I lost basically all of my friends because I was like, oh, my God, like, there's something wrong with me. They're going to think I'm weird. So yeah. I can't tell them. Yeah. And that's this actually is kind of kind of I was going to make a little announcement, but I guess I'll make it now because this is really leading into the reason why I am doing this. So in December, I'm releasing my sophomore EP. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. I'm very, very excited, and I haven't announced that yet, so this is the official announcement. So I am titling this EP Conversations with My Therapist, and that is also going to be the focus track. And I was about 12, 13 when I started therapy, and I still have the same therapist till this day. And 
therapy is one of the most important things in my life and I think in life in general because it's all full of, you know, self-realization and self-growth and being comfortable in your own skin and everything between that and farther than that. So I think it's something really important because at this time I would I was in therapy and I was like, I'm, I must be crazy. Like, I don't know anybody else that goes to therapy. Like, and I hit it, which was really probably the worst thing I could have done. And that's really the reason I wrote this EP. It's, you know, to continue to normalize it and be mm-hmm. like, Hey, going to therapy is not a problem. Like it's great working on yourself and being proud of your progress and all these amazing things. And so growing up, I, really did hide the whole anxious part of me. And the only thing that ever gave me that happiness and the solace was music. Mm. And throughout that whole thing, I knew I would, I did have that little feeling in the back of my head. Like I knew I would be okay because I knew I would, what I wanted to do with my life. And I knew eventually I'd figure out how to get there. And that's what made me start writing music. At what point? So, you know, I think a lot of us have had difficult, you know, experiences with anxiety and, depression and other feelings and especially being a teenager so much of it is so complicated and like new so like for you like was there a turning point when you felt like like you said you always had music but like when you wanted to start talking about it like talking about your experience with anxiety and everything actually it's it was such a big moment it was the turning point really was when Justin Bieber released his purpose album Mm. that was the moment where I was like oh my god somebody I already love feels the same way I do and has anxiety and isn't perfect. And from that moment, I was like, wow, like I feel instantly, I I felt like I really wasn't alone. Like years, people had told me like, you're not alone. Other people have this, but like, I'd never seen it through my own eyes. And that's when I was like, wait, he can make me feel this much better by just a couple of songs. Like I can do this for people. Like I sing. Mm -hmm. So that was when I started writing music and it really gave me a whole other world to dive into Mm -hmm. and another you know escape and so that's really the whole reason behind this ep and my whole career is that's my purpose is like i want to be able to do what justin did for me for other people yeah i mean that's really amazing and i love how focused you are on like mental health and like seeking mental health help and like that's a topic that we discuss a lot like on with other musicians on this radio show and as well on our podcast, like how much like the conversation around mental health has really shifted in the past decade and more specifically the last five years and how like pop stars of your, like could not talk about their mental health. And then you have situations like Britney Spears and like all that sort of stuff that was happening, like back, back in the day, like when we're watching pop stars and like expecting them always to kind of like just be ran to the ground and be torn apart when like they're just experiencing normal things. But like for most people, I think like anybody probably born like before the 1990s, like talking about mental health was like unacceptable. And yeah. it's like almost oh, like, totally. oh, a lobotomy for you. Like I know like, I know they weren't doing yes. lobotomies. Like, yes. but, like that's what it feels no, like. Totally. And it's just so that's what yeah. I thought. I was like, people are I'm a crazy person. Like I belong somewhere else because I get sad or like I'm nervous about something. I hid it for so long, which was really Mm. the worst thing I could have possibly done. But in my head, there was no other choice. Yeah. Yeah. My family and my, and like my 
parents and like my brothers and like grandparents knew, but nobody else except for my one best friend. And she's still my best friend to this day. Yeah. But basically I lost all of my other friends because I wasn't able to tell them like, I wasn't going to be like, oh, sorry, I couldn't come to your birthday party. I was so nervous. I was bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Right. I wasn't going to tell them that at 12 years old. Yeah. Because 12 year olds are mean and also mental health is like confusing. And I just think, I don't know. They were not nice girls anyways. So. Valid. It wouldn't have worked out. Valid. But I yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's been really cool talking to a lot of like younger musicians through this show about like how important it is to like be that voice for people when like they might not feel like they can like have that voice themselves because I feel like even growing up like Jenna and I grew up on like emo pop punk music and like the lyricism is very much similar to that where they're like talking about these issues but it's still like oh only I feel this and like I don't know, Gerard Way or like Pete Wentz, whatever. Whereas like now it's like, oh, even pop stars are singing about mental health and covering it and taking away the stigma around it, which I think is incredible. Totally. There's definitely like a long way we still have to go with it, but we've come so far in just like a relatively short amount of time with this whole conversation and being able to like be open to be like, oh, I was having a tough day today. Like I was an anxious girly, like just anything like there are certain things that it's so unpredictable and you never know how you're going to react or other people. Like if you tell them, you're like, oh, I'm like having a bit of like an anxious moment or, you know, whatever everybody's dealing with till this day, I'll be like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, I talk about this. Like, it's fine. I'm fine. I even post pictures of myself crying. (laughs) I'm that kind of crazy person. So growing up, You've mentioned a few pop stars like Hilary Duff and Justin Bieber and whatnot. And I think, you know, the early 2000s pop stars like Britney Spears, TLC, Destiny's Child, all of those in sync. And then going into like the mid 2000s, like we said, Justin Bieber, Hilary Duff, whatnot. And then now having like Billie Eilish, for example, as like a quote unquote pop star and like Dua Lipa. So kind of like looking at this timeline and history of pop stars, what was your impression of what a pop star is growing up versus like where you are with your career and like what your goals are honestly they're pretty much the same (laughs) like i've always wanted to be the size of like taylor swift Mm -hmm. like selling out stadiums is my thing yeah like growing up i think i was six years old and i made this goal for myself was to sell at the garden Mm -hmm. and i have sang at the garden it was the best day of my life and every time i go i mean i've i grew up going to new york my whole family's from there so every time we would make a trip to New York, we'd go like twice a year. I would like beg and plead my entire family. We would need to just go even stand outside of Madison Square Garden just so I could just stand there and look at it. <laughs> and I have pictures from like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like, just standing like looking at the garden like this, just like so in awe. And that's been my goal since, I mean, I was six years old. Yeah, That has always really been one of them. I mean, my goals have definitely expanded a lot Especially because I thought like, oh, I just sing there and then like everything in my life is perfect. That's, you know, what a child thinks. Yeah. But there's so many other things that I want to be able to accomplish in my career is especially with mental health, like being able to have some sort of charity or community or just some sort of bigger outreach Yeah. where we can, you know, have a bigger impact and like have more of a platform to talk about it. Yeah. Because that's really so important to me and it's really one of the reasons that I started writing music and, you know, have this career. It's something I always wanted to do anxiety or not, but 
it gave me a different path with the anxiety and all of those other things. So being able to have some sort of mental health or foundation type of thing attached to, you know, selling out SoFi or MetLife or Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That's also really important. Yeah, definitely. Seeing the way that all these incredible women and other pop stars and amazing people of this generation are running it, being so honest, I think is so incredible. Like when you see people posting about things that are really near and dear to them, like something that 10 years ago wouldn't have been acceptable or something that people right. would have talked about. Right. Yeah. It's just so, it's so cool. Yeah. It's really so cool. <laughs> no, definitely. And I like that you're kind of like making this new spin on a pop star because we've talked a lot on our podcast about like this idea of what a pop star has been throughout history and how they're like, really has been like this glass box that like female pop singers are like placed in by record like by record labels like by the public like by all these things but i feel like since you know like streaming and the internet and like all these things have changed what music is like it's a lot easier to like organically find a pop star and like a pop star doesn't have to be like britney spears like it doesn't have to be like this picture perfect idea of somebody like there's so many different classifications of pop and there's so many different levels of like pop star and so like i i'm like really curious for you like do you personally feel like there are pressures on you to like fit into this mold of like what a pop star is or do you feel like you've already created like your own space because you are so diligent on focusing on like pop music and mental health and putting that together and then you're like okay that's not like you can try and show me that box but i'm proving to you you don't need to no i definitely feel like no matter what you do there's going to be pressures to you know look perfect and sound perfect and do everything perfectly, especially in a public eye career, mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. as, you know, being a pop singer yeah. and a pop star. I mean, in my head, I've always been that person that's just going to be on stage in like these crazy, cool, like sequined outfits that there are thousands of people in the crowd watching. Like that's, that is in my head what I picture, like I will be one day yeah. and hopefully, you know, we're getting there. But I think there are so many other elements to pop stardom. I don't know how to like say it. I guess like pop stardom. Then just being that person on stage, I think now people really do and try and let you come outside of the box a little bit. Yeah. There are definitely still a lot of like boundaries and things. It's like, you know, especially, you know, with social media, everyone's always like, okay, I have to be super pretty and look super thin and wear this perfect outfit and look magical, perfect the whole time. Mm And I definitely, like, fall into those traps where I'm like, oh, my God, like, my hair does not look perfect today. Like, I cannot be seen by the world. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, okay, wait, stop. Like, this is – that's the point is, like, they should be able to see where you don't look perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think also other, like, really big celebrities are doing a great job of doing that now with, like, as annoying as paparazzi photos may be. It really – in a little bit – I guess this is kind of odd to say, like, helps the general public a little bit because it's like you see them not looking – their most perfect on the every single you know yeah. day like where they'd be like all primped and prepped up to go on stage or like an interview or red carpet you see them walking into a grocery store like what do they actually wear yeah to show that they are real humans and you know normalize rolling out of bed and getting up to go to the market yeah as annoying as those pictures might be and all that it does it actually does help you know yeah. seeing that yeah. i think that's definitely helping break down barriers and i also think being able to be honest inside of the music and the lyrics 
and that adding up with your image on the outside. Yeah. And like, because sometimes like you're in a studio and you're writing all these things and they're the most personal things you could possibly say. Like, I always think back, I'm like, okay, I wrote this in a song. Like, this really is who I am. Like, I don't need to pretend to be perfect. Like, right. I have my dudes. Yeah. I, I'm a girl in my early 20s. Like, boys suck. Yeah. Life's hard. <laughs> I just... And also just like being real with yourself, too. Because yeah. it's like, I don't want to admit that this boy that I like has me sad. Yeah. But like, it does. No, 100%. And it's like, it's nice that there is a space now in pop music for like the lyrics to feel deeper. Cause like, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to discount, like I love Christina Aguilera. I love Britney, like all of those sort of artists, you know, but I feel like there were maybe like one or two songs like with Britney with every time. And then like Christina also, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like now we have like this thing, like Jenna, was saying oh like Billie Eilish is a pop star like it, that feels like a weird thing to say because you have the picture of literally like Britney Spears with like Spears, on the yeah. cover of Oops I Did It Again in your head when you think of a pop star but it's, that's not really what it is anymore and pop music can be deep it's or it can be Dua Lipa like it can be either <laughs> totally. totally and I love that more than anything like I love that we still have that element of like that Britney Spears perfect songs that don't actually have like this crazy deep meaning that you need to cry to but i love that we have people billy and all these other people on things that like you're in this interview doing and being like honest yeah and you have people like billy and people like dua that are both equally as talented and as amazing but dua is really more of this you know in my eyes and i guess others as well perfectionist person that's just like you just aspire to be that pretty and beautiful yeah. and like put together. And then Billy, you're like, I feel like I could be her best friend. Right. Yeah. Right. I think it's so important that we have both. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you still want someone to, you know, aspire to be, I mean, like anybody wants to be freaking Billy Eilish, yeah. but <laughs> there's that like, thing that like Dua has this, that's really much closer to like that Brittany, Christina persona. Yeah. Then yeah. Billy, you have Billy as more of your, oh my God, this girl gets me, like, where she could be my best friend. Yeah. So a minute ago, you were talking about paparazzi. And I'm curious if you have any memories, like, growing up of tabloid culture, because, like, in the early 2000s, tabloid culture was pretty vicious. Like, obviously, we all remember, like, the photos of Britney Spears, like, shaving her head. And, the ta- like, the tabloids in the media were was not nice to women. It was not nice to female pop stars. So, like, for you growing up, like, knowing you wanted to be a pop singer, do you remember anything of tabloid culture? I do, but honestly, I was like, I want people taking pictures of me everywhere I go. <laughs> I, I love that. that. I was like, stop. Don't do that. I'm, yeah. No, I not now. No, you're taking pictures of me. Stop that. So I kind of had that kind of, I always kind of had that personality in the music sense. But I remember seeing things and I'd be like, why are they so mean to her? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a 2000s baby. So I was really kind of quite young. Right. When yeah. all that was going on, I was like, oh, five, I was like four. Yeah. So I, was, I was a little young to like fully understand it. But I do remember like seeing things on TV or like TMZ would pop up or like seeing like the newsstands. There's this big one in like Studio City that's like this iconic one that's like this whole wall of like magazines and newspapers. And I would just remember seeing like this whole big thing of like with Britney and a razor in her hand, like just going like that. And I was just like, why are they so mean to her? Like I didn't understand that like, I didn't fully understand it at the time. And now like looking back, I'm like, that is so horrific that like, 
everybody had to watch that going on. Like she couldn't just like yeah. Yeah. go through it. She was going well, I mean, like, the way that tabloids worked back then were, was, like, relatively new. And it, it's really interesting now because, obviously, like, they still exist. But totally. they have a bit less power because the celebrities' teams have figured out how to utilize them. And so I think, like, in this era, while there are still sites who are going to, like, say mean things or, like, twist the stories or whatever. Like, I just remember, like, a couple of months ago after the whole, like, Sophie Turner, Joe Jonas thing. And there are photos of Sophie, like, kissing her co-star for a scene in a movie and the headlines were kind of like Sophie Turner kisses the co-star on beach but but then it was like in the actual article it's like while well, filming a scene for a movie that they're yeah. both in <laughs> and so they're like trying to be <laughs> yeah they just want the biggest clickbait and reaction they can get out of people yeah exactly and so I think it <laughs> need to sell it yeah exactly but i think i I love how you were like oh like i always want my picture being taken like i want people caring because i feel like now there is like i don't know like i feel like there's a bit less fear about being reported on like in the tabloids or like being written about on these sites because like if you have a good team behind you, they're never going to say anything too mean because they know that like they won't get the gossip if they say something too mean. And so I just think it's like so interesting because like when we talk to people who were in their teens or 20s, like during the height of like the Britney situation, like their viewpoint on it is so different because like in their like formative years watching how the media talked about celebrities versus like then versus now it's just like it's so interesting the like shift in how people feel about it totally and i think also like i know it's probably like shunned upon people being like oh trust me be careful what you wish for people would be like even when i was a kid they'd be like oh you want people following you around i'm like of course like, <laughs> duh hannah montana I'm the kind of person that's like, I get it, like, that comes with the territory, but also, like, that's so much fun. Like, my own personality, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, take a picture of me. Like, yeah, oh, I'm sneaking around to go see this person. You're not going to know exactly who it is, but, like, be interested. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, some people are just like, oh, careful what you wish for. But I'm like, this it comes along with it. Like, yeah. I think I'm, I'm a very, I'm the biggest dreamer, but I'm also very realistic mm-hmm. with, like, certain, like, this is what I want to do. This comes with it. Yeah. And like, I hope one day I'm sick and tired of people following me into a grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. I love that you like have your whole fame planned out. Oh, like, yeah. I love it so much because it feels like you're so much more prepared for it. Cause I know that there are a lot of artists who like will have that viral moment or have like these sort of, not even just like just have the success from like starting to go on tour and like gaining a following and all that sort of stuff and like not know what to do and then break down and they're just kind of like i don't know how to handle it and so i love that and it feels it feels like you the focus on mental health and like all of the struggle you went through when you were younger has like helped you build up like a plan for how to handle this going forward I'm a very calculated and an uncalculated person, but I also did, I do kind of have an advantage on a lot of these things because I grew up in LA. I've, this is yeah. not something I'm, I'm familiar with. Yeah. yeah. Like I go I went to school with celebrities' children. Yeah. I yeah. always remember seeing this kind of behavior and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, I've had a lifetime to prepare yeah. of seeing yeah. it. So it's not something that it's very far. And like I see there are so many of our amazing, you know, megastars these days that are from, tiny little towns in the middle of the country like haven't been exposed to this kind of thing and yeah. now they're coming here and they're like oh my 
God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not really a shell shock for me because this is just what I've grown up with. Yeah. Can I ask what your star sign is? I'm a Libra. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what your rising is? I think a, I think Libra, Sun, Scorpio rising, and Libra moon. Okay, cool. I was just wondering because I'm like you because like Libra is like very balanced and like you are very balanced. You're like, no, I know what it takes. But also <laughs> like I've been through like I've done the work to get here. So like, I don't know. I just think that's really cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I'm a Libra. It was like actually kind of ish just my birthday, which is now I'm oh, saying yeah. that's no, it's not really anymore, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Cute. Which I also don't want to admit that it's not my birthday anymore. I know. But, um, <laughs> Big relief. I have a very different personality, like music Casey, than like regular Casey. Mm. Like, especially growing up, I was really a very, very shy little kid mm. until it had something to do with music. It's like I became this yeah. other person. Yeah. Like, I, from the day I was, I started singing, I could sing in front of a billion people or one person. But if it was like, go make friends in a group of children your own age, I'm like, oh my God, I can't do that. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Like, I mean, yeah still like even doing that I'm like oh yeah because it's like this like confidence or like persona you're almost stepping into a bit so for you being on tour like getting to be able to tour these stages and also like you were just in Europe which is like so cool but like how has it been so you're saying like being on stage for you is so important like how has that experience been and also like how has it been like connecting with fans like in real life it is the most magical experience you could possibly imagine to on like steroids like times billion (laughs) it's like it's really the best stage has always been somewhere I'm very, very comfortable with and not somewhere I'd never had any sort of anxieties or nerves or anything. I've been performing since I was six and it was always just something that I was obsessed with. And especially being able to go on tour and sing my own music with my own stories and my own lyrics and watching people sing them back to me in the crowd, especially in Europe, because it's like, you know, English isn't their first language, but they're connecting to songs and lyrics that I wrote and have the same kind of feelings, which I'm thinking as little Casey, like is a world away in other countries. Yeah. And like, you would think that there'd be a language barrier or a difference, but there's not, it's just like the realness of the lyrics. People really latch onto and relate and seeing that and then being able, I'm the person that's like the second I get off stage, I'm like, I'm going into the crowd. People are like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) No, I'm I'm jumping into the center of that crowd. I want to talk to everybody. I want to hear their stories. I want to connect. I want to relate. And being able to do that is just the most incredible experience because you're seeing how that you, you felt so alone in a certain time and you wrote a song about it. And it's as much therapeutic for me as it is for them. Yeah. yeah. Hearing songs. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, you feel the same way I do. Yeah. So I'm curious also, I just want to go back really quickly about this, your sophomore EP that you have coming out called conversations with my therapist, because I, number one, I love that title. And I love just like the conversation we've been having about like you wanting fans to be able to relate and like to be that voice for people who like might not have it. And I mean, I'm just curious, like what is the story that you're planning to tell with this record? Just like based off of the title, like there's like the assumption of like what it could be, but I'm just like curious because it feels like such a heavy thing to like put out there just based solely off the title of the EP. Definitely. It's definitely, I came up with that idea and I was like, Oh, do I want to do that? Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I do actually. So every song on the EP 
are actual conversations I have with my therapist. Oh, wow. So it's things that I talk about with her, whether it's, you know, me liking this guy that doesn't like me back or me, you know, being anxious about growing up or the sky falling or just anything that I go through that I talk to my therapist about. That's what the songs are about. Oh, wow. And I just want to be so, you know, honest and candid being like, oh, yeah, like I get so many ideas when I'm in therapy from her. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, wait, pause. Give me a second. Like I'm I'm writing this down. (laughs) I'm like, I'm writing this down. My notes is very chaotic. It's very organized, but very chaotic. That's so cool. But yeah, it's it's really something that I I had come up with this title, I guess, maybe like a year and a half ago already. And it's just something I've always been so passionate about because that was during the time where I really developed my anxiety and was going through like the thick of it. Mm. I felt so isolated because nobody was talking about anything to do with mental health or any imperfection until Justin Bieber did. That's really my whole goal is to be like, no, this is normal. It's normal to have feelings. It's great to have feelings. It's a blessing. And it is one of the things I used to hate about myself the most that I was just so freaking emotional. I was so, I'm, I am, yeah. I'm such an emotional. Like, everything makes me cry. I cry all the time. Like I'm so sensitive and I used to hate it because it's like, I, we were watching Barbie. Like I know everybody cried in the Barbie movie, <laughs> yeah. but like my best friend is not an emotional person whatsoever. And I'm sitting there bawling my eyes out and she looks at me and she's like, Casey, we're in a movie about a doll. Stop crying. Oh my God. No. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. Like, so sad. Yeah. But there are so many things that's like, I he- would hate that about myself. I'm like, why am I crying? Why am I upset? Why am I sad? Why do I feel this way? Why do I care so much? Yeah. And I hated it so long. But I'm like, that makes me who I am. Yeah. I yeah. love that I yeah. care way too much. I love that I am such a good friend to a fault that like I end up screwing myself over. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's what makes us all human. Totally. Like, just because I'm sensitive isn't really weakness. Like, it's my job to be sensitive, really. Yeah. yeah. No. I would have nothing to write about. No, this is this is wonderful. And I think, like, it's so necessary to have songs like this. And it's been really cool because, like, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to the singer of Judah and the Lion. And, like, their new album that's coming out is going to be about, like, the stages of grief. And, like, when he was talking about it, I was like, these are so many topics that, like, and he also said that it's going to like feature or yeah, it's going to feature like stuff from his therapist. And I was like, this is so cool because like you're normalizing so much stuff that like hasn't been normalized. So I love that. Like you're also doing something similar where it's like, you're taking stuff that you've learned from therapy and like giving that to people. Yeah. I just think that that's so incredible. I really appreciate that. And I feel like being able to talk about it is like, I'm being, myself in the most raw form and I feel like that's so important especially you know being a human is hard <laughs> yeah. yeah having emotions yes. like it's hard it is not easy yeah and I feel like sometimes we kind of forget that like everybody is their own person and like just because some people are better at hiding it doesn't mean they're not going through something yeah yeah 100 percent. I think that is really really important because you just don't know what's going on behind closed doors yeah no I think that the grass is not always greener <laughs> That's very spot on. And so just for a fun little wrap up question, we like to ask everybody this because the ethos of Name Three Songs is to help empower fangirls. And we think it's important to be critical consumers, but also celebrate the things that we love unapologetically. So, Casey, yes, what what are you a fangirl of? 
Oh my god, I'm obviously a very big believer. <laughs> so Justin, number one. I love Tate McRae. I love Renee Rapp. Yes. I love Taylor Swift. Yes. So those are like kind of my current and OG faves. And also Rihanna is like the light of my life. <laughs> Amazing. She's the people's princess. <laughs> if, if she could just come out with some music or something. I know, right? I would be, yeah, like literally, I'm just like, I would do anything. Love to talk to a fangirl through and through. Well, thank you, Casey. Thank you for joining us today. This has been so fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. And I'm so glad we got to talk about so many amazing things. So thanks for getting candid with us and Casey Bear. This has been Sarah and Jenna from Name Three Songs. And to get your pop culture fix, you can listen to new episodes of Name Three Songs every Wednesday. That's name the number three songs on all podcast platforms. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.